Flushing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh, (laughs) Mr. Sheffield. You are listening to NPR with our new podcast about the nanny, a hit sitcom from the 90s, with your host, Shondi Pasquale, and co-host... Toria Sheffield. I wanted to try something new for the opening. <laughs> I always go really big, but this guy was like, "Oh, I'm going to do like an NPR beginning." Yeah, I like it. It's did it work? Yeah, I really. I was transported. I want. And I just fun, wanted right? to respond with, "It's great to be here, Sean. Thanks for having right. me." No, thank you, Toria. We're here today to talk about. What if we did the whole episode? We should commit to a whole episode like this just to see we if we should. can do it. Just do a whole bit. I um, wonder if people would like that. Hey, if you're listening to this episode and you really enjoyed those first couple of moments and you wish that that was our cadence uh, for a full episode, let us know and we'll um, and we'll do it. Speaking of letting us know, the other thing before we jump into the meat is, you know, I was looking at uh, our like analytics and 76% of our audience is in the United States. Okay, that tracks, right? 25% not in the United States. That blows my mind. So if you are in Australia, Germany, Canada, the UK, or Austria, and you're <laughs> listening to this show, please get in touch with us. Oh, Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram or Twitter. Like, I just reach out and be like, hey, I'm in this place. Like, I'm a real person because that's fascinating. And then the other cool thing, which blew our minds, 76% of the United States, I would think Toria also agreed, okay, that's got to be like, you know, at least 50% of that 75% is in like New York and LA. And then everyone else is like scattered, right? No, 12% California, 12% New York. And then the rest is literally like every state. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. So also, if you're in those places, if you're in Florida, A, my hometown, please reach out. I would love to know where in Florida you are. Uh, But also like Ohio, reach out. Uh, Arizona, who's listening in Arizona? 2% of you. Where are you at? Connecticut, Michigan, Louisiana. My sister used to live there. Where in Louisiana are you? We want to hear from you guys. So please, if you're in uh, uh, one of these places uh, across the, the – and look, New York, LA, we hear from you. We know you exist. Uh, sit down. This is the other people's turns. Now, let's hear from the rest of the country. I'm very curious uh, how you found the show, what you love about the nanny. So reach out to us on our social media, or you can email us at oh, Mr. something. Oh, Mr. Sheffield podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Uh, all right, enough enough business, Toria. Let's get to the meat and let's, potatoes. Let's get to the pleasure. Yes. This so, is season three, episode 21. Where's the pearls? Mm-hmm, a play What's this on one? The, the classic 90s Where's the Beef commercials. Oh. Um, that's what I was thinking. Um, but either mm. way, so this is the episode where Elizabeth Taylor guest stars. And the plot of the episode <laughs> is uh, Fran loses these very expensive pearls of Liz Taylor's and gets amnesia and doesn't know where they are. This was a very big deal because, first of all, Elizabeth Taylor, especially at the time, like one of the biggest stars on the planet. But this was part of an extra special four-show crossover <laughs> event called Liz Night. Okay. Wait, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break it all down in trivia. Uh, okay. Yes. We'll, we'll save a lot of this for trivia. I do want to just say this whole thing blew my mind. And also, I think the Elizabeth Taylor thing also has always blown my mind. I'm as old as I am. I was too young for the Elizabeth Taylor train. But mm-hmm. it was like, 
aware of who this was. I she was just like some like kind of old lady who like I don't know never really gave a performance in anything that I saw that I was like wow she's really great. And she was older at that point, so I didn't understand like why everyone was like oh she was the most beautiful person that ever lived. Like I just never got it. I never got it. It was for people like. I guess, 15 to 20 years older than that. Well, I would say, yeah, even a, maybe, yeah, 20 years for sure. Because she comes from the height of the like mythology of the Hollywood star. And she was, you know, not only very talented, but then known for her like, you know, lavish jewel collections. And she'd be at, you know, dinners with European royalty. And so there was yeah. just like the cult of Elizabeth Taylor. Um, and, you know, Elizabeth Taylor famously was married to divorce and then remarried to Shakespearean actor Richard Burton. And it was sort of like the age where the media and celebrity journalism was more controlled and less exploitative, which meant, you know, you got less truth, but you also always got the sh shiny side of the coin. And I think like sure. our our parent, like our mothers probably are like, Ooh, Elizabeth Taylor, you know? Well, like I mean, it, it, this was also an era and, and, and oddly enough for a really good look at, at Hollywood and tabloids sort of relationship in this era, the movie Ellie confidential actually does a very good job at portraying, portraying what, it, what it was like, at least from, from other, uh, nonfiction based, uh, books that I've read that, that that James Elroy did a really good job of sort of portraying how like this whole system was, you know, before TMZ and before like that level of, of paparazzi uh, there was a much more simpatico between the studios and the press and the pop, you know, the paparazzi as it were, you know, mm -hmm. so you, you did only get the sugar coated version of everything that the studios wanted you to have. You know, there was a much more, their wagons were circled much more closely. So it was like you got into the studio system, the studio heads protected you from anything, any untoward press coverage with payoffs and access to other stars and whatever else they were doing, probably very much illegally. Um, and, and so, yeah, you had a much more crafted uh, look. And I guess that's, so that's what you're saying. That's what people loved about Elizabeth Taylor was they, there was this mystique to her and she was just part of that. I think it was just, just like, you know, it. it was pure, it was like pure glamour and, yeah. and there, you know, uh, yes, we knew there was, so she was drama. like a, a, a Lady Gaga of her time. <laughs> uh, but well, I was going to say, but with incredible acting chops, but Gaga hey. also has incredible acting chops. And like I said, so she was the Lady Gaga of her yeah. time. <laughs> I'll watch um, Lady Gaga. Listen, I fucking hated the Joker. But they tell me they're making a Joker too with Lady Gaga and it's going to be a musical. I'm going to be the first person to buy a ticket for that. La -di -da, Lady Gaga, I am I, there. Right? I'm there. I'm like, all right, you got me <laughs> yeah. into the Joker too, I guess. Oh, yeah. But so, okay. So <laughs> well, let's get into it okay, uh, so, on this well, episode of The Nanny. The episode, okay. It starts with the classic Mr. Sheffield trying to trick Fran and get her out of the house <laughs> because a celebrity is coming over and he doesn't want her there. She, this, ki this killed me, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the way it was orchestrated was very funny. Like, Mr. Sheffield comes in and he asks Niles to bring over some documents to John F. Kennedy Jr. And he does it in front of Fran. Yes. Causing Fran to go, what? No, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll make sure he signs these. She grabs the documents and runs out. At which point, Niles is like... So which movie star is coming over, sir? And then Maxwell goes, Elizabeth Taylor. And they like high five at the ruse because they like feel like they've got it down to such a science. 
but they don't because she's 10 steps ahead of them. She then, she then like emerges it through the other kitchen door and is like, okay, what's going on? She's like, you wouldn't let me near George Kennedy, let alone John Kennedy. Um, Which I really liked. Um, I really liked this. I, I, I liked it was v- it, this whole episode was really well written. Like the writing was just very clever. It was all like character based and like it all made sense. So like her going and being like overcome with excitement and then getting like halfway to the outside and being like, wait a minute, they're not going to let me near this guy like (laughs) and then turning around and coming back in the back door it all like actually really tracks and i thought it was very funny but it was also like not predictable you know it it was it was great yes and like so you know the the net total of all this is she finds out elizabeth taylor is coming to the house and she of course freaks out and then we cut to her uh a little later that day she's in the coolest sweater ever i would Mm -hmm. love that sweater she looks looks really cool yeah it's like just a hip cool like very brightly colored, uh, sparkly thing. And she's literally practicing her Elizabeth Taylor greeting for when Elizabeth Taylor comes over, complete with a handshake and then a camera flash because she's put a timed camera on the table in the foyer to capture the moment. But then Mr. Sheffield comes in and he reminds her that she is forbidden to hang around his office or do anything to try to create a diversion, which might lead to her meeting Elizabeth Taylor, um, which is funny because then Gracie comes in yelling, Fran, I think I broke my arm. And Fran's like, save it. We've been busted. Um, and then we literally cut to a little bit later, Niles is in the kitchen and he is all set to greet Elizabeth Taylor, who's actually about to arrive now. The doorbell rings. He tries to exit into the dining room like usual, but the door has been blocked. Fran has <laughs> literally trapped him in there with like an end table. So then he tries to go through the back It was door. like a china cabinet. It was oh, a yeah. giant. It was like a, she dragged a giant <laughs> yeah. a giant cabinet in front of the kitchen door. And he, he tries to open it and he's like, Bleh. Yeah, so he's like, then- okay, I'll go around the house. And he opens the back door and there's a guard dog. Uh, yo, <laughs> this episode had so many good. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Fran would there... have acquired a, a vicious guard dog. <laughs> I mean, it's like so silly, but it it plays so fast. It was great. I, it was fantastic. We should, I should, we should mention uh, Dorothy Lyman directed this one. And as always, uh, just destroyed, just knocked it out of the park. Yeah, great, yeah. great, great direction from Dorothy. And uh, and it was written by Frank Lombardi, who I think's written a couple of our other mm. favorite, really fun episodes before. Uh, and man, Frank's very funny. Mm-hmm. This is so good. And then, well, so this allows Fran to be like the only one available to actually open the door. And of course, Mr. Sheffield doesn't know that Niles is trapped, so he doesn't think yes. to run out and answer the doorbell when it rings. Yes. So you know, Fran answers and she's like doing all the stuff she's, li- she's been told like, don't do, you know, she's, she's being super weird with Elizabeth Taylor. She's, she's getting the picture. So weird. And Elizabeth Taylor is being so gracious. I will yeah, give her and- that. She's, she's just like very chill about the whole thing. And um, well, she, uh, she literally goes, so are you Maxwell's wife? And Fran goes, oh no, I've, I've actually never been married. And then I love this because in this almost very confused way, Liz Taylor goes, not even once, which yeah. is just a very Liz Taylor joke, like famously married six times, being a good sport about it. Um, yes. And so Fran then goes to hang up Liz Taylor's coat. And when she opens the closet door, okay. Sylvia. Okay. 
I screamed. Like, <laughs> it, I was like, ah! Sylvia is I in the closet, peering out she through the door, coats. and Sylvia's just hiding in the closet. <laughs> Just waiting. Oh my god! And then she has my favorite line, where she comes out of the closet and she curtsies in the most awkward way, and she goes, "This meeting bestills an honor on me, which is unparalleled in my universe." Yes, I have that man ah. down too. She's, she's trying to be fancy as if she's meeting royalty. She's such trash. It's so good. <laughs> Unparalleled within my universe. Within my universe, this meaning bestows an honor upon me, which is unparalleled within my universe. Yep. <laughs> what the fuck? So they're like they're, they're literally like bowing and curtsying, and oh then the God. others finally come in, <clears throat> including Stupid. Niles, whose pants are completely tattered from a, the dog attack. And and but then everybody else is so flustered too because she's such an icon. Niles even goes, "How do you do, Tismela? I'm Biles the Nutler." (laughs) Biles the Nutler was such a silly, funny joke. Um, And then Mr. Sheffield, like you know, invites Liz Taylor into his office. But before they can go, she asks Fran if she'll do her a favor. And she's like, I have these very expensive black pearls, this necklace, um, and I need to send them to this address. Can you arrange for them to be sended via a bonded courier? And Fran takes the pearls. She and Sylvia literally back away while compulsively curtsying. And they're like, yes, my queen. Yes, my queen. And um, they- Doesn't she go, I will do your bidding? (laughs) Something like that. Well, and I'll say this. This really, this whole thing really was a promotion that Elizabeth Taylor was doing for her new perfume fragrance, Black Pearls. So she even says like, oh, I have these very, you know, expensive pearls are for yes. this perfume I'm I'm Reminds still. me of the time that we had Macaulay Culkin do a whole series of YouTube uh, guest spots on other YouTube shows to promote. And not, not quite the same level, but <laughs> same same concept, right? Hey, uh-huh. wheel this person out and have them show up in a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. people are watching, that the young people are watching. Um, oh, how, times, how times change. <laughs> and so, oh, and so then, you know, Fran is like thrilled to do it. But then Sylvia is like, you know, honey, I wouldn't trust this with some, you know, bonded courier. Like you should do this yourself. And she Fran's goes, like, she goes, I don't trust no licensed bonded armed courier. She says it like so. She yeah. goes, you don't trust no licensed bonded armed couriers. It's like. She's like, like, she's like, they're just screaming, rob me. Rob me. <laughs> So, so that sets up, you know, Fran to make the decision to hand deliver the pearls. Yeah. Um, and also she was like, Ma, I can't believe you hid in that closet. And she's like, well, you know, it actually wasn't my idea, <laughs> which causes Fran to go back to the closet, open it and go, okay, Yetta, you can come out. And Yetta <laughs> is also in there, which made me like thrilled. Yes. So, but then we get like in the best way possible, oh, a top the- of the hat, because we cut to Fran in a cab. The cab driver is none other, none other, none <laughs> other. Look at you! You're like you're like uh, Biles the Nutler over here. <laughs> none other than Rosie O'Donnell. This is, by the way, Rosie O'Donnell's best era, uh, and, oh. and 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 there's a lot of eras of Rosie, and and she mostly kind of after her talk show ended, kind of went away and to live her life. But this this Rosie O'Donnell is the Rosie O'Donnell that I absolutely fell in love with. I thought she was just 
so funny and like her delivery is fantastic and I, I I adore this Rosie. Yeah, it was an incredible scene. She's playing this sort of like tough, you know, kind of Brooklyn cab driver. And Fran says something to her like, you know, you're a very unpleasant person. At which point Rosie O'Donnell starts to sob. And she's like, I've had a very stressful week, a lot of pain. And and Fran's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And, um, at you know, while they're distractedly talking and also bonding. I think they get in like a funny. Yeah. Did you notice like Fran starts crying with her at one point? Like they're both, they're both tearing up and then they like, they like start to bond and like, and, and like, it's like kind of nice. And then, um, and then, yeah. And then Rosie's distracted from driving and she doesn't see Fran keeps going stoplight, stoplight, stoplight. And then she slams on the brakes Fran smacks her head against the divider in the middle of the cab. Uh, the pearls go flying out of the box, and we, and then that's it. We go to. Fran gets knocked unconscious yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Fran gets knocked unconscious. <laughs> which, uh, which again, and we sort of breezed over it for the sake of time. But this was a great scene. Uh, Rosie had a lot of really best. funny lines. Um, but then the, we cut to Fran in a hospital bed. She has temporary amnesia from like a concussion from bumping her head. And this is a really big problem because she has no idea where Liz Taylor's pearls are. Um, and there's actually this really funny line where, you know, Fran clearly thinks that like the Sheffield children are her children and, and Maxwell was her husband. And she looks at Yetta and she goes, wow, things worked out so well for me. I've got a gorgeous husband and three beautiful kids. And then Yetta goes, uh, no, you're confused. The two oldest are from a previous marriage, which, if anything, just shows that Yetta is always confused. <laughs> ah, made me laugh so hard. But then we have well, it's like, it's a good running gag because there's also a line where Sylvia refers to Brighton as the boy. Yeah. <laughs> she goes, "The boy told me." Yeah, well, like, the she boy still let me in. Three years, she still doesn't know his fucking name. Yeah. It's so good. Yes. <laughs> But this this episode, it was just like it was like you know crowning yeah. scene on top of crowning scene. When you were like, uh-huh. oh, like this is going to be the best scene, and then like and they pull another one out. Yeah. In this case, so we've established that Fran has amnesia, the pearls are lost, and she kind of maybe thinks she's married to Mister Sheffield. We cut to Mister Sheffield that evening in his bathtub. We finally get to see that bathtub, firstly, which we have. There's been so amazing. many references to this tub over the last three years. I, I literally also wrote, it's amazing. Yeah, they didn't let it down. It was not a letdown. They fit it, two full-sized human beings in that bathtub. They was, were dwarfed by it. It was incredible. Huge bathtub, a bubble bath. There's like all these beautiful plants around it. I mean, Niles has to really maintain a household. I'll say that. You know, like it's hard to keep plants alive, especially in a bathroom. But so um, I – The more they show of the house, the less I believe that Niles is the only person working there. Oh, yes. I mean, he would be – it would be like torture. No I mean, it seems like he would have to be working 18 hour days. Yes. I, maybe he's just like a house manager. Of he sleeps for like three hours and gets up and does it all over again. So it seems maybe, like a nightmare. Maybe that, I mean, probably the reality of a lot of hired help in this country. I know, I know, I know, I know. I know. It's um, terrible. It's, but Give so, Niles a raise. Yeah, let's make, that's, let's make that our political um, <laughs> statement of 2022. <laughs> Give Niles a raise. And that's as political as we're going to get. No, but so then uh, Mr. Sheffield 
he he closes his eyes to relax, at which point the door creaks open and it is Fran in a bathrobe. She takes the bathrobe off and she gets in the bubble bath, completely nude. Does he see I, her naked? That's the implication no. here. No. No, 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 because his eyes were closed while oh, she right, did that. Oh, right, because he's relaxing. Right. And right, he right. opens them to see her across from him. And she's clearly like, honey, like, you know, open your eyes. And he's, he freaks out. Cause he's like, instantly he's like, Oh my God, Miss Fine is naked in a tub with me. She clearly thinks she's my wife. And he's for a second <laughs> about to uh, take advantage of this. Um, but then he comes to his senses and he's like, no, 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 I can't do this. He's like, you're not my wife. Like you work for me. You're my nanny. Um, and I said, this is a very overboard situation. If yes. anybody remembers that, yes. uh, it, it's a Goldie very- Hawn and Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to really love this movie. It's very they problematic. A I think they did a reboot recently they and they tried to about- fix it. Yes, yes. It's Anna Ferris, Anna Ferris yes. and some other guy. They did a reboot. Yes. But like, you know, the whole thing is this very, very wealthy woman um, who lives on a yacht. She's real mean. So mean. She's like really evil. Yeah. She's just like so entitled and spoiled. You know, she's never known anything but luxury. And this like, you know, repairman played by Kurt Russell, very working class guy comes on the yacht, makes some repairs. She's so rude to him. Like he's just trying to like make a living and she's like a total dick. And then that night she, she ends up falling overboard in a storm and kind of washing ashore and she hits her head and has amnesia and she's on the local news and they're like, you know, if anyone knows who this woman is. And, and then he that, sexually assaults her. I mean, so, <laughs> the thing. Kurt Russell, you know, in that sort of, you know, like not nothing too thought out way as movies used to be in like this. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to get back at that mean lady. Like, I'm going to convince her she was, she's my wife, and then I'm yes. going to, like, humiliate her. Or There's yes. some logic to Here's that. Here's the thing. This movie, the, the easiest fix to make that movie work would have just have it been not Kurt Russell in the beginning. It's way less creepy if she's mean to, like, a bunch of people in the beginning of the movie, a bunch of, like, working class people. She's a real jerk. She falls off a boat. She hits her head. She gets found by just some other regular schlub and then they fall in love and it's not like a revenge thing. He doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know who she is. Like they start to fall in love. Her memories never like start to form, but like they're the wrong memories. And like she learns to be humble and she learns what it's like to be in a working class situation. So she still has the same character growth. It's just not like this weird revenge, like I'm going to, I'm going to humiliate. And yeah. Because at first he's like, ha ha, like I'm going to make you like clean my house and I'm going to make you like have to like, you know, I'll do all the gross tasks, you know, you know, from my, she has these four horrible boys. But then of course, you know, they grow to love each other and then they eventually like have sex and they're like really a married couple. And then her memory comes back. And it's just like, oh no, like lots going on here. But people loved this movie, and it was yeah. a classic Goldie Hawn, Kurt Russell comedy of classic. its time. It was, um, and I remember it so vividly. I remember so much about oh, yeah. it. Me too. I love that movie. Um, but so, but this is very overboard in that you know she has amnesia, and he's about to take advantage of it. So that's where it overlaps. But, oh, but while they're – so so literally he's like, no, 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 like you need to get out. And she's like, I'm not getting out first. You get out. He's like, I'm not getting out first. And then they literally start splashing each other, which devolves into like a very fun bubble bath splash fight. 
Niles happens to walk in on this while holding the mobile phone. And he's like delighted because, you know, in his mind, this is just like the evolution of them getting closer. And it's obviously like very sexy in its own way. So he's like, oh, don't worry, Mr. Sheffield. I'll tell Miss Babcock you'll return her call when Miss Fine gets out of the bath with you. And, then, <laughs> and, then and he, he says like, it so loudly into the phone into the to phone. make sure Cece can hear it. <laughs> and I wrote, he has a Hannibal Lecter-like de- delight when he says He does. It. He does. He's taking – he's getting uh, – like pure like life energy from her misery. Yeah. It's really <laughs> and, and well then we cut to like, you know, several days later. It's, it's real Colin Robinson uh vampire vibes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> energy vampire vibes. Yes, yes, yes. Um and you know, then we're basically near the end of the episode, like the next day or a couple days later at least, she's sitting with Sylvia in the in the living room of the mansion. She gets her memory back. She remembers that she totally lost the pearls. And, you know, we I'm in the classic Mr. Sheffield chasing her up a flight of staircase in rage. Um, because- okay. <laughs> now, I had a note here, but I want to change my note based on now realizing that this was part of like a big event to promote the Black Pearl mm-hmm. perfume or whatever. Do, do you know, does the pearls, is that a through line through all of the guest appearances or, or are yes. they all different? So it, indeed, it is the through line that connects. <laughs> I knew all it the because my, my original note was, "Hey, how come at the end of this episode they're basically like, ah, fuck her pearl." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And I also was like kind of disappointed because I was like, oh, I kind of thought we'd get one more Liz Taylor like sighting. I thought I was like, oh, I guess I literally only could get her for that one scene. But no, she actually was just signed on to do a lot for the network that week. You know, look, a lot of people want to talk about Marvel movies and the shared universe and that stuff. But like credit to sitcoms because this, this actually opened like memory floodgates of like, Oh yeah, this used to be a real thing where sitcoms would pick one week where they would have a special event. And not only would that special event like, you know, thematically tie them, but they would actually plan like overlapping stories for certain actors to mm-hmm. like cross from episode to episode in a sh- in a very like you know, comics shared universe special crossover kind of way. And honestly, they used to do it during sweeps. People were always interested in it. So I feel like it's just like short-term memory that people now are like, Marvel's building a shared universe and it's blowing people's minds. And it's like, people have always loved this. People love a crossover, man. They love, for whatever reason, they love to know. Yeah, people love to know that the thing that they love over there exists in the same universe with the thing over here, even if the characters never meet each other. I, what do you think that – what base thing in us as humans do you think it is that makes us love that so much? Uh, why is it so like, great? Why do we love – I think because we love these characters and we naturally like to be like, oh, what if they all met? Like what if they were at a yeah. party? Like All of I, our friends are friends. <laughs> yes. Like I remember – like um, you might not remember this because I don't think you're the right demographic. But there was a WB promo in like 1999, um, and it was at the height of all of the WB teen shows. But it had like totally the market cornered for like teen and tween girls. It was Dawson's Creek, Roswell, Felicity, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Seventh Heaven. Like, and there was all these like teen icons in the show, you know. And the promo was literally just all 
of the stars, the teen stars from every show partying, partying together at like some sort of 90s nightclub. Like, like it was just like, like everybody I knew yeah. lost their mind. Well, that so- reminds me of, and, and I'm definitely not the right demographic for this, but I probably know this and you don't because I'm weird, but they did a thing on Disney Channel where they had these interstitials where Mickey Mouse had a had a nightclub that he owned and every <laughs> Disney character, like all the villains, all the heroes, they would all be hanging out in the nightclub together and like the camera would like pan through and like Captain Hook would be having like drinks with Jafar and like, you know, they'd be watching like uh, Tinkerbell perform on stage and that used to blow my mind. It used to blow my, I was like, I love this so much. I love it. I want them all to meet. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit is another good example. So, all right, well, let's, let's, uh, this, this was 10 out of 10. I guess it goes up the, this shot to the top of my list. That was actually one of my favorite episodes of this whole series so yep. far. I, I just think it's all the writing was on point. I have so many lines. So let, let's get into, uh, segments and, segments. and, and we'll do some stuff. And now segments. So segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. Um, I loved so when Liz Taylor is about to come over, Mr. Sheffield looks at Fran. He goes, "What are the rules?" And Fran, reciting them as if she's been told them a hundred times, goes. <laughs> Niles and only Niles is to answer the door. I'm to stay away from your office and I'm forbidden <laughs> to create a diversion such as a small but containable fire. <laughs> Just the fact that they had to go over it with her in such detail. Like A, proves that she's probably pulled something like that before. Yes. But B, just that she's capable of it. Um, by the way, shocking to me that there's no quotes for this episode on IMDb. Mm-hmm. I was shocked because this is this is one of the best. First of all, uh, 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 Fran in the beginning when <laughs> when Mr. Sheffield finally is like you know when she sort of like busts them and 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 realizes everyone's kind of lying to her and she tricks Cece, which that was also great writing. Her tricking Cece into telling her who's coming over was great, mm-hmm. and then she goes on this rant where she's like, oh, you never let me meet any of your famous friends and it's not fair and I'm always stuck taking care of little Ricky. And then she stops herself and realizes that she's just being Lucy Ricardo. Yes. And like, it's a great, it's 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 a really great meta moment that's like not so meta that it hits you over the head with it. But you do realize how much like him being in the entertainment industry and her constantly wanting to meet celebrities and like, the, the like that that is like such a um that that's such a story like generator for the show mm-hmm. it it really does mirror Lucy so much and like mm-hmm. I know that was like a huge inspiration for her so it that was one of my favorite I loved that whole moment I thought that was such a good mm-hmm. good meta moment I, um I love the fact that when Frank gets amnesia even though she can't uh, remember where her own bedroom is in the mansion she does know. Mr. Sheffield's Amex gold number and his mother's maiden name. <laughs> yes. I also like when she has amnesia and they're in the hospital and they're trying to jog her memory and the kids come in and she's like, she's like, wait a minute. She's like, are you guys 
What does she say? She basically alludes to them being the Von Trapp. She's like, are you in like, do we sing a lot in front of like a mountain backdrop or something? Yeah, she's like, and do I I have like a butch haircut? Did I have a really butch haircut? Which I always did wonder why Julie Andrews had that haircut for that. Like even as a little kid, I was always like, "Mm, I don't know. It doesn't do it for uh, me. Because of uh, the Nazis. No. Oh, I don't know then. (laughs) I never saw that movie. No, I'm just kidding. I've seen it. I've seen it. (laughs) <laughs> um, I also like when they're in the bathtub and Maxwell is explaining, he's like trying to like almost telling her that he's her husband. And then he's like, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not your husband. I, I hired you. And she goes, I'm a hooker. Yeah. Well, that explains my shoes. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. <laughs> and then also there's a, a beat later where they're in the, the dining room, the breakfast table. And he, he's like, um, he, He's like, you find out Mr. Sheffield has unplugged all the phones so that Liz Taylor can't call about her diamond or her pearl necklace being missing. And then Niles goes, yes, but what if someone calls saying they found it? And he's like, plug the phones back in. And then he turns to Brighton and he goes, got any more bright ideas? (laughs) (laughs) I I cackled. I thought that was so fucking funny. (laughs) Because (laughs) I just like that. I like that like it implies that there was like a brainstorm session where they were like, what do we do about this? And then Brighton was the one who goes, just unplug the phones. And they were like, yeah, that'll do it. And it's so tracks with Mr. Sheffield's character. of It's like the buck does stop at him and he's always enraged at everybody else. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, and then, and then in that same, or sorry, do you have more Mm-mm. in that same scene, Fran coming in and going, so wait a minute, I've dressed like this for three years and we've never hooked up. What is it you do again? And he's like, I produce musical theater. And she goes, oh, okay, that explains it. Yes, yes. <laughs> I had that line written down too. Um, uh, so a, much good stuff. Up. Guys, this was 10 out of 10. Uh, I know uh, at least one of the co-creators of this show uh, follows along and listens uh, and God, this pat yourself on the back, Peter Mark Jacobson, because this was a great episode. Yeah, you you delivered oh, on an episode that probably felt like it had a lot of pressure, you know, with Knocked a guest it out of like the this. Ballpark. Really um, did. Yeah. And um, you know, it's it's kind of tough when you have these gusters on because I'm sure they have all these things and they're you know, they need to be portrayed a certain way. They're only willing to do certain things. You only have them for a certain amount of time and yep. and it just this this beautiful um, recipe great. that they made to to fit all that in and make it feel like very natural and true to the nanny sensibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I think the way you do that, and it's so it's pretty easy to do with somebody like Fran Drescher and say a Renee Taylor is you make them the butt of the joke, which yeah. they do again so beautifully. Like you know the yeah. the, the, the image of them curtsying out saying <laughs> "My Queen" is, will be like I'm still laughing. <laughs> Um, okay, so yeah, in and, terms- and, and and this meeting, this meeting bestills an honor on me, which is unparalleled in my universe, is forever going to be in my lexicon now. <laughs> I think it's so funny. I want to say it to someone so badly. <laughs> it's such a like bumbling fools. Like. It's, it's like one part bumbling fool and one part like lo- like dialogue ripped from like the the Godfather. Yeah, <laughs> you yes. know what I mean. Like like oh, this, you do me a great honor on this, my my daughter's wedding day 
<laughs> um, all right. Um, so Nanny trivia. Oh, well, no. I was going to say no. that. I didn't clock any Yiddish in the No, episode. no Yiddish. No, no Yiddish. We didn't have time for Yiddish. But you, there was just no, too much else going on because the trivia, this is a bear of some trivia. Um, this, <laughs> you know, was the first part of CBS's Liz Night events, which featured a storyline concerning Elizabeth Taylor's lost pearls, the crossover between the nanny, Can't Hurry Love, which was a show which only lasted for one season. It was sort of like a pre-Friends. Well, I guess Friends was already on the air. I wrote, what the fuck is this? It was like a Friends (laughs) knockoff. Yeah. The the only notable person is Mariska Hargitay was mm -hmm. in it. Uh, Although uh, you could maybe make the argument that Scott Baio is notable, but I Mm -hmm. screw him. He sucks now. So then, Uh, yeah. So it was the nanny into Can't Hurry Love, into Murphy Brown, which was the other show that lasted and sort of stood the test of time. And then ended with uh, High Society, which also only lasted a season. It was kind of like an American version of Absolutely Fabulous. Which does star the great Gene Smart. And when I saw that, I was like, man, I don't know what this show is, but I would go back and watch it just for Gene Smart. Yeah, and it's only a season. So those and are the four McDonald's. shows. Oh, wow. This show's got a good grip. Yeah. So um, the plot line that follows into all four of these episodes tracks as follows. Fran loses the pearls in the cab. Um, now on Can't Hurry Love, the character Annie finds the pearls in that cab, though it's a different driver now. And she decides to wear them on a date instead of turning them in. However, she loses them on that date and they end up getting stolen. Then uh, in Murphy Brown, Murphy Brown, who's like a famous, you know, like news anchor talk show host in her show, she's supposed to have Elizabeth Taylor on the show, but news of this, you know, very, very priceless black pearl necklace getting lost sort of overtakes the story and elizabeth taylor decides not to come on the show she like cancels her big interview because she needs to find these pearls so that's how it intersects with murphy brown then finally we move on to the women in high society they get robbed in their home by the same thief who appeared in can't hurry love and who had stolen um the pearls that annie wore when the police catch him they return everything, and they also accidentally return those pearls, thinking that they, you know, belong to the two women in high society. So then Elizabeth Taylor comes to retrieve the pearls. Um, but the only thing is, it's noted that Elizabeth Taylor didn't really appear in all of these episodes in high society. It's literally like Elizabeth Taylor double. You just see her arm reaching out of a Elizabeth window. Taylor was like. I'm not going on these. Yeah, it was like a – I'll do Murphy Brown and The Nanny, but what are these other shows? Yeah, and then it was like, you know, just a a, – it was either her actual voiceover or a voice impersonator that's like, you know, thank you for my pearls. And um, in the thing I read, it noted that this was the last episode, like the the season and series finale of both High Society and Can't Hurry Love and – so they were like, oh, it's kind of a shame they didn't actually They were going to cancel those shows. CBS must have already known, like, ah, these shows are not doing well. So, so and then, but here's another really interesting thing. So for this one-time event, viewers got one final scene featuring the nanny, which I guess aired at the end of High Society. And it's a scene in which Mr. Sheffield is relieved that Liz Taylor has gotten her jewels back. Wait a minute. Are you saying the nanny and I society had a crossover? The, yes. This scene. Oh, we got to find okay. this episode. So, yes, I couldn't find it online, but I didn't do the biggest deep dive just because there was already so much other trivia I was digging into. <laughs> but there is a scene that exists. Maybe someone hmm. can find it where 
Maxwell is relieved that Elizabeth Taylor got her jewels back um, and that she'll then like work with him um, after this huge debacle because that's what that whole initial meeting in this episode was about. But then Fran kind of casually floats this idea that maybe the pearls Liz got back are fakes. She's like, you know, that's a possibility. <laughs> and Mr. Sheffield like starts to freak out. And then Fran's like, no, 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 calm down. Like, you know, it would be impossible. No one would even have the opportunity. Cut to Cabbie, Rosie O'Donnell with the real pearls hollering a thanks to Elizabeth Taylor. Wow. <laughs> and that's how like that was the button on this whole four episode saga. Wow. Oh, mm-hmm. I want to find that episode. I got to find that episode now. Mm-hmm. It's not streaming anywhere, High Society. <sighs> come on. Come on, Paramount Plus. Is this maybe a CBS, it's on YouTube or Vimeo. CBS show. It should be on Paramount Plus. What am I paying for? All oh, right, I'm not paying. I'm I'm using I'm using someone else's plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, rant done. What's next? Uh, uh, it's the Fran or the CC. Um, you know, they were pretty – they were both very starstruck people in this episode. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think I, I do get starstruck, but not in a – uh, I, I get so struck much in the way that I do when I'm like interested in when I have a crush on somebody. It causes me to ignore them and maybe even be a little ruder than I might really be because I'm so self-conscious of not wanting to seem weird or not wanting to seem a certain way. So so I, it definitely changes. I'm not my real self around, I think, famous people, which is unfortunate because they are just people. But, you know, instead of asking for an autograph or being like, I just, I just, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's you. I, I'd almost be like, hey, excuse me. I was in line. <laughs> okay. Also, quick update. If you're listening to this episode, uh, I have found High Society on uh, archive.org in its entirety. Someone uploaded every single episode and a bunch of promos. So we'll add the link to that in the show notes uh, for this episode. Cool, cool. Um, I feel like you're uh, you're pretty cool as a cucumber around celebs. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not a I'm not I'm not a I I don't. There are a handful of people that I would be very nervous to meet. The the biggest is no sadly no longer with us would have been Robin Williams. I would have mm-hmm. probably uh, had some kind of small panic attack uh, and just been very overwhelmed to to meet that person. But other than that, I mean, you know, look, I. I feel like the more time you spend around celebrities, the more the less the mis- of a mystique there is, and and we're living in a society right now where, as a whole, I feel like there's less of them. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier—the sort of death of a lot of people. Wrote a lot of thing pieces about how the Johnny Depp trial was the the death of the celebrity, the Hollywood celebrity. Yes, and I, I'll say that too. I don't think it's just that now I live in LA. I think that like that era, like say the of the Elizabeth Taylor type fame, and then. You know, even when we were growing up, sort of the like Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow level fame, like that. Now I mean, with social media and everything, yes. like it's it doesn't exist anymore. No, they're the more accessible now. Like I, I used to when I was growing up, you the only time you saw a famous person was on TV, in a movie, or on a magazine, mm-hmm. and that was it. And you never heard from them unless it was in one of those three things. Like those were the only places you could ever see them ever. And like now, if I was a kid growing up in Florida, I could get on Instagram and look at what, you know, the Rock's house and daughter look like. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like- it, was, it was much more like, I think, at least in the American culture, it it is what uh, filled the 
whatever weird human need we had for royalty, like, you know, it's like from, you know, from thousands and thousands of years of human history, we have this weird thing where we like to look upwards and we like to kind of like think that these creatures sort of like are somehow like better and cleaner and and like walk above us. We always like to look upwards and we don't have a royal family. And I think for a long time, that's what Hollywood felt like for us. And weirdly that shifted to like Instagram influencers, which I, that'll have to be a conversation for another time because I don't get that shift. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Now Um, we know all about, you know, pooping in beds and stuff. So it's just, (laughs) it's all so weird. We live in this society. but so that's the Elizabeth Taylor episode. Fantastico. We loved it so much. I could yeah. do a whole podcast on Elizabeth Taylor, actually, um, and that whole era of Hollywood. But it was amazing. I, the, yeah. Nanny, you've done it again. You've, yeah. you've reaffirmed hey, our love. Reaffirmed our love. And I, I could do a whole episode on uh, a podcast episode on this episode of the show. And I just did. And it was great. Um, and I'm sure people out there listening, uh, my Australia people, I'm sure people have thoughts on this episode. Uh, yeah. I hope you guys loved it as much as we did. Please, please, please reach out to, oh, Mr. Chef Pod on Instagram or Twitter. I've been monitoring the Twitter pretty closely and responding to people. So if you are on there, you know, give me a shout. Hello. And Toria's uh, very diligent with Instagram. But let, let us know what you thought of this episode. Also, please find our show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Stitcher or any of the other numerous places where it is and leave a five-star review and a rating and help other people find it, give it a little boost. We'd love to reach uh, even more people in more places that love this show as much as we apparently do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. While you were talking, I was looking up WB promo 2000, year 2000. Did you find it? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm going to send it to you. you send it All to right. me and I'll, I'll add that to the show notes too. And uh, and that's, right. it. that's it for us. Good uh, night and good luck. Good night and good luck and goodbye. And uh, I'll talk to you later, Toria. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. <laughs> Bye. Goodbye, everyone. The Flushing Girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>